Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word. And we ask, O God, that you would open your word to us. And we pray, Father, somehow it touches our hearts. It moves upon us. It will not leave us the same. It will cause us to have to wrestle with thee as Jacob wrestled with thee. And that, Lord, we would be a people who want to know more and more and more. The songwriter said, more about Jesus I would know. More about Jesus I would know. May that be a yearning in our hearts to know more about you, to see thee more clearly. And Lord, we know Satan continues, oh God, to try to put the blinders on us. We're so thankful that you remove those blinders. Now, Lord, open our eyes wider that we might behold the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, the things that which we have to get involved in sometimes makes us look very foolish. And the things that we believe, boy, people say, uh-uh, no, that can't be real. That's unbelievable. It don't make sense. If we can make sense of God, the wisdom we would have. But we cannot make sense of his acts and his action and the things that he do. The same person that is spoken about in Isaiah 7.14 is the same person in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 and over in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. All those verses speak of things that we cannot really explain. People miss something in Corinthians when it says, Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by what? By sight. We think if we see it, we'll understand it. We think if we see it, we'll have understanding of it. And a lot of us learn a lot better if we see what? See somebody demonstrate it first and then we can do it from there. But a lot of things you will not see. Every time you go over to that electrical plug and plug your little unit in, do you understand how the electric gets from where it's at to you? Other than just saying wires. We don't really understand it. We really don't understand flight. We just know we jump on a plane. We take up. And how up there all that weight stays up in the air. But we really don't what? Understand it. There's a lot of natural things that we don't understand. Wouldn't it be reasonable that at Niagara Falls the water would have stopped by now? You ever go up there and see how much water comes over the falls? And that's been running that way for how long? It seemed like it would be reasonable that somewhere that would just 
stop or cut off or run out of water or something. But it just keeps coming. We may not be able to explain the Trinity. We may not be able to explain the personhood of God. We may not be able to explain the virgin birth. We cannot even explain how God is in a baby. But it's true. It's true. Why didn't Jesus just show up at 30 years old? How many people come into Akron that you've never seen before? You just assume that they were born by a mother or a father, but you've never seen them before. You don't know anything of their past. Jesus could have just shown up at 30 years old and did what? Start his ministry. But that's not the way God planned it. So we question, why did he do this? Why did he do that? He did it. Not for any real purpose for himself. Understand this. Whether he saves us or not, he is still who? God. Whether you believe in him or not, he's still God. And whatever God does, he doesn't do it so much to satisfy himself as he does for those in whom he has created. And we miss that. He does it for me. He does it for me. He is that same person. But unbelievers see Christians as foolish people. Why are you here this morning? Who brought you here this morning? Who woke you up in the soundness of your mind? Who gave you even the strength to dress yourself, clothe yourself, get you here without an accident? Who did all that? And a lot of things we just take for what? Granted. And the unbeliever, because we choose to believe in Jesus Christ, says we are fools. You need a crutch. You need this. You need that. And you're a fool to bring your money and put it in a box or give it to a church. You're just foolish. Well, Lord, you take care of the light bill. Lord, you take care of the gas bill. Lord, you take care of the maintenance bill for the church. And God said, I will. But I'll use Charles. I'll use Melvin. I'll use this person or that person. And he does it. But yet the unbeliever says, you're a fool for doing what you're doing. And understand this principle. You're never a fool when you obey God. You're never a fool. Go to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. Listen to what the Lord is going to say here. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness. We can't figure it out. How one man would die for all. But yet, through one man, we all what? Died. The first Adam. As in the second Adam, we all have life. And through that one man, universally, we are able to be saved. If you call upon his name. And if you accept him. And he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Those who choose not to believe, they saw the message of the cross as what? Something foolish. Something that did not have the ability to save them. That this man called Jesus Christ was God. And if I only believe on him, he would save me. He would make a difference in my life. And the reality is, he does. But because I see it as foolishness, I don't follow through with it. I don't believe it. I don't accept it. I don't receive it. I reject it. Because it's foolishness to me. Because I cannot understand it. And he says the message or the Bible or the word of God is foolishness to those who are perishing. But us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What's the difference? One of us, because we believe, we begin to see the power of God do what? Work in our lives and transform us. So if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Well, who's doing that? Who's developing the new person? Who's developing the new attitude? Who's developing the new mind? Who's developing that individual? And that's the power of God at work in each and every one of us who have come to a place to trust him that he's going to transform our life. He's going to do something in us that we cannot do in and of ourselves. But it is really the power of God at work in us. In us. Drop down to verse 21 now. Same chapter. Get down into verse 21. Look what he says. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. In their wisdom. They're trying to figure him out. They're trying to say what he should do and what he shouldn't do. They're trying to figure God out. And he said, though they're trying to figure me out, they don't know me. They don't know me. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus Christ. Universally, a lot of people believe in God. But they don't believe in the one he sent, who is the very image of God. That Jesus says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. 
you see the works of the Father. You see the kindness of the Father. You see the love of the Father. You see the mercy of the Father. You see the forgiveness of the Father. You see the healing of the Father. You're able to see it in that one called Jesus Christ. And that's the purpose for which he took on flesh. That he could imitate his father to us. And he simply says again, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached. What was preached? The gospel. What was preached? His word. What was preached? Jesus Christ. Preach to save those now catch this, this is where you want to circle, that believe. If you don't believe, he's not revealing himself to you. It's when you really want to know him and believe in him, he reveals himself to you. And people will say, you're foolish. You're stupid. You're dumb for what you're doing. I had a lot of people tell me when I was ready to leave Chrysler, you're doing the wrong thing. You got a good job for a young man, the job you got. You don't want to leave Chrysler. That's a foolish move. And it has turned out for me to leave Chrysler and go to school was the best thing I could have ever done. And I haven't missed a thing. I haven't missed a thing. And God gave me the right wife also to be willing to sell our home, leave what we thought was very secure, to go live in a three-bedroom trailer and have nothing (laughs) but each other and three kids. That was foolishness to the world. But it was God's way of building a pastor. It was God's way. And he just said, it's God's way to reveal himself to those who will believe. And when you believe, you look foolish, you look dumb, you look ignorant. Because you're not following the ways of the world. And that's why the world calls us foolish. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Get to verses 9, 13. Look what Paul says. And you have to agree with him. And we're going to get to Isaiah and we're going to get to Mary because that's where we look foolish by the things that we believe and the things that we talk about. That rationally, biologically, and every other way is not feasible, not possible. So in chapter 4, picking up there in verse 8, get these eyes. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display. 
insert the word apostles there, also Christians. That he has put Christians where at? On display. That's who the apostles were, Christians. Apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die. You, you always save your best part of the show or your finale at what point? Towards the end. See, that's the finale. See? And he says, in the arena, we have been made a spectacle. So in the arena of the world, we are what? Made spectacles that people laugh at, people make jokes of, people criticize, people belittle, people speak about how dumb you are in doing what you do in following Christ. He says, you are made spectacles to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men, because angels can't figure out what God's doing with man. And it surprised them what God does with man. Then verse 10, we are fools for Christ. Now who want to be called a fool? But Paul says, if you're a Christian, you are a fool for Christ. How? By believing what you believe. How many of you believe in a rapture? Now, We've been talking about a rapture for how long? It hasn't happened. You're foolish to talk about something you're going to be caught up. You're going to be taken up to heaven. One day you're just going to disappear. You know how dumb that sounds? It's not even logical. We understand you're going to die because we understand death that people do die. But to be caught up and not die, we don't understand that. So that's foolish talk when we talk about the rapture or being caught up. But our faith allows us to do it. It's not reasonable because I can't fly. Now one day I'm going to float in the air between earth and heaven. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. He says, we are fools for Christ. Oh, God's going to heal me. Well, why don't we walk through the hospital and just heal everybody and close down all the hospitals? Why don't we do this or do that? How about that one who is paralyzed for life? How about that one who's having this problem or that? Why don't he heal them? Why don't he touch them? Why don't he do? He's the God that healeth his people. But understand this also. His people sometimes may be those who are blind and crippled. And he used them to give testimony of him and how he has interceded in their life, even though they have this disability, the joy that is there, the peace that is there, and the way in which they overcome is only that God is intervening in their life. He shows himself as the mighty God 
in the worst of circumstances. And he goes on there. He says, boy, we are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ, you think you have all the answers. The unbeliever thinks they have all the answers. And yet he says, you think you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. Christians, they look upon as being weak, but the unbeliever is seen as what? Somebody strong and who can stand, who's independent. Well, I am dependent. I'm dependent upon the Lord. You are weak and we are strong. You are honored and we are dishonored. Boy, you are honored. You're listened to because you're the voice of the world. You're listened to because you are the voice of the God of this world. You are listened to even though you're wrong and there's no truth there. You're listened to and you are believable because everybody's doing it. Well, not everybody's doing it. And he says, we are dishonored. We're dishonored because we still believe in the marriage. We're dishonored because we believe sex outside of the marriage bed is wrong. We're dishonored because we don't agree with the gay lifestyle. We're dishonored because we won't get drunk and we won't have a good time. We're dishonored because we respect our sisters in the church and we honor them. We dis, we're dishonored because we see things different than the world and we approach them different. And we say that we are dishonored because we don't act like the world. Isn't it strange? How can Elizabeth Taylor be so honored as such a wonderful woman and what she have, 11, 13 husbands? Not counting all the affairs in between. And we take some of the movie stars that are nothing but whores and adulterers and make them what? We give them all kind of awards. But people who are virgins people who keep themselves, people who honor and respect themselves. If you would have women honor themselves and not take their clothes off in front of a camera, pornography would be off the board. But yet, for the Christian woman, she's dishonored. And she's spoken about that she is in captivity. She's enslaved to a man. She doesn't have the freedom. Well, what kind of freedom is that that you have? Being misused and abused. And they say that we're dishonored because the way in which we choose to live. And he goes on and says in verse 11, to this honor we are dishonored. To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are enraged. We are brutally treated. 
in, the, in our homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. We're the outcasts. We're the throwaway. Nobody wants to be like us. And yet we're called the fools because of things like this. Somebody hits you and you don't hit back. Somebody cuss you and you don't cuss back. You are looked upon as the fool, not standing up for yourself. And what they don't understand, you don't have to. Very quickly, because time over to 1 Peter 3.15. Well, don't turn to it, but look for it. basically says, always be ready to give an answer. Because people think you're so foolish by what you follow and what you believe, they question you. They question you. Why do you live this way? Why do you allow this to happen here? Why do you do this? Why are you not married yet? Why don't you have a boyfriend? Why aren't you sleeping with somebody? Why aren't you living with somebody? Why aren't you doing this? Oh, you're a young man. How many girlfriends do you have? How many women are you chasing after? I mean, the whole process, the questions come. Now, the scripture tells us to do this. Be prepared to give them an answer. Be prepared. If you live like a fool, like Paul says we are, we are a fool for Christ. If you really live for Christ, people are going to question your answer, the way you live. They want to know why. They want to know how is it possible to even live that way. Now, jump real quick with me to Isaiah 7.14. This is one of these foolish things. And, and, and the whole thing is, how can this even happen? How can this be? In 7.14, God says, okay, this is a sign. Then in chapter 9 of Isaiah, he says, boy, this is what I'm going to give you. And this is by faith. This is by faith. It's biologically something that cannot happen. It's only happened once. He says in that verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. What's the sign? The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And he will be called Emmanuel. Wait a minute. How is a virgin going to get pregnant? Now, what movie did they show that happening in? And the woman could not explain how she brought forth a male child. It's an older movie, Star Wars. When the young man is born, his mother tells the individual, I don't know how I got pregnant. Simulating this thing 
with Christ. Mary really couldn't tell all the details of how she was impregnated other than to say the Holy Spirit came upon me. And yet, here's this virgin, boy, that is pregnant. And somehow we're supposed to believe that? Don't let Elaine come home and talk about she's pregnant. Biologically, we know some things are impossible. So when the Bible speaks about those things that are impossible, they cast doubt into our mind. So over in chapter 9, verse 6, he says in that verse 6, For to us a child is born. Well, what is a child going to do for us? What can a child do for you, really? And it says, unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. To us a son is given. Go over to Matthew now. 1, verse 23 first. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Now I want to just pick on the word us for a little bit. Oftentimes we hear this thing that Jesus came unto the Jews first. Because he came to one group first does not mean all the other groups are what? Excluded. Oftentimes we hear Israel's the chosen people. I, if you really study Israel, I wouldn't want to have been among the chosen people. Because God was going to demonstrate his power, his mercy, his forgiveness, his strength through those people. And understand this. When God chooses to use you, you may wish you wouldn't chosen. Because you don't know what God's going to put you through. But understand this principle also. Whatever God puts you through, he'll be right there with you. No way would I want to be a Jeremiah. Thrown in the mud, thrown in the dungeon, forgot about. I would not want to have to be a Jeremiah. Nor would I have wanted to be a Daniel. How many of you want to be thrown into the lion's den? How many of you want to have all these other folks against you? In reality, we all want to be what? Liked and accepted. Daniel, if you really read him, was never accepted by many of his other peers. He was rejected and always trying to be entrapped in some type of scheme that they set up for him. When God chooses you to do something, that doesn't mean it's always going to be pleasant. And here's Mary. She's going to be chosen. And in that verse 23, again, he says, boy, the virgin will be with child. 
Now, how would Mary explain that in her culture and her society? How do you hide a pregnancy? How do you do that? And you're not married. And at that point, Mary should have been what? Stoned. When we look at Joseph for Sunday, we'll see a little bit more of that. But he said, Mary, the virgin, will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means, now catch this, God with who? With us. Not just with Israel, but with us. He'll be with us. Luke 2.10. Run over to Luke 2.10. Look what it says. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid talking to the shepherds out in the field. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All people. All people. All people. And then in chapter 2, in the temple with Simeon, look what it says in verse 3. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people. Understand this. Salvation in Jesus Christ is not just for the black man, white man, yellow man, red man. It's for all people. That's why he came. To save all people. It's not about your ethnic background. It's not about your color. It's not about what you've gone through. It's not about what your past is. He came to save all men. All individuals. That's why the scripture says, yes, a child is born unto us. Not just Israel. Us. Us. And that's so important to catch and really grab hold of. And even with Mary now, boy, again, go back to that. Luke chapter 2. Because even with Mary, she's confused. And she asked the question, how is this going to happen? How will this happen? She knows she hasn't been with a man. She knows she hasn't slept with anybody. And she asked that question, how will this happen? Luke chapter 1, 